call again. I'm here with my co-host, the daughter of Lilith. You know when we collaborate, we bring you some epic episodes. Let's go. like 17 18 and I'm like all the things I was right all the things that I felt and I wanted to say I should have said them yeah you know what I mean like in my 20s I fucking should have said that I should have said that in my early 30s right it's just again it was like why like why did I keep quiet and now obviously as I I think it starts getting better after 35 where you're just like I don't have time for this shit I don't know no, I don't. I, I can't. I'm, we've always had the attitude of fuck you. I don't care. And we have been very true to that. But there was always that hesitation. I at least I had it. Where I, I was, was just, a people pleaser for a lot of my 20s. So, you know, oh. and I was the fucking opposite of that. And to the point where it isolated me horribly by my own detriment. Right. Like it wasn't me isolating because I wanted to it was me because it was a very me 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 me, very selfish mentality and if I hadn't done if I hadn't lived in Korea if I hadn't lived in Togo life would have found a way to humble the fuck out of me Mm -hmm. one way or another Mm -hmm. and those two places humbled the shit out of me let me tell you (laughs) it it showed me it showed me that I wasn't the hot shit that I you know in your 20s when you're like no it's all about me but as you enter the older years, I generally don't give a fuck. No, yeah. it's just like for me, it's one of those things. I just I just I, I can't waste my breath anymore. I don't want to. It's not even to the point of, well, Carissa, like no. you're not even given the giving the other person like the chance to. No, I, I, I've given the person the chance to many times where I haven't opened my mouth. And to a certain extent, I'm just like, I can't deal. I don't have the vocabulary. I don't have the energy anymore to waste on it. You know, I do believe that people, whatever relationship you have with them, it's like seasons. And sometimes you just move on. And it's not like I have ill will towards you. It's not like I hate you. I don't want the worst to happen to you. I just don't care. And when a Virgo gets to that point of not caring, (laughs) yes, yes, astrologically speaking, if a Virgo doesn't care anymore, they really really don't care anymore like it doesn't matter like I don't want ill but I really don't care what happens to you no and one of the things that's so interesting because in a way and this is where it gets a little bit emotional right to think about these things there's been a tremendous amount of loss in our lives right Mm -hmm. and I think that it gets to a moment where you need to realize this is it like we're going to die. This yeah. is all going to this is going to end at one point and we have yeah. no control over that. No. So when I think of the people in my life, it's not about the quantity, like 
It's not about the amount of people that I have. I know it's the quality. It's the quality. Absolutely. And I, again, can can we be friendly and sociable? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'll see you, but that's as much as yeah. Like I'll see you. Like I'll see you physically see you, but don't expect much but more than me seeing you. Exactly. <laughs> who, am I, who am I calling at eleven at night when I'm having a crisis? Who yeah. am I calling when someone has died? Who am I calling? Who is genuinely picking you up? Right. Yeah. That is where I'm like. That has been the lesson. That has been the lesson in the last forty years. Is who am I there for? Like, who am I willing to fucking hop on a plane and be like, that's it. I don't care. I don't care if it's 25 hours for me to get there. I'll fucking get there. Yeah. And it's not everybody. No, Um, it's not everybody that I would do that for. No, and that's okay to admit. It's like, you don't have to be everybody's source of comfort and energy because not everybody is your source of comfort and energy. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm like, fuck, this isn't worth it. Arguing about you with you, what you've done or what you haven't done and what you could have done and would have, should have, whatever it's over. I don't even wish you well. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. (laughs) No, like people are going to be like, that's a bit much. No, it isn't. Because when you've, when you've seen so much and dealt with so much in your life, you're too, and especially what's expected of us as women, we've dealt with enough. I don't have to freaking explain my anything to you anymore. Like, I don't have to give you a valid explanation for anything. I'm too fucking tired. I'm too that, tired. Too much has been expected of me for so long that I'm don't expect me to give you a reason. I just don't want to do this anymore. I think one of the great things of age, right? Um, of aging (laughs) (laughs) is how we've always been really good at observing oh yeah absolutely but now we have mastered it it's like even even on social media yeah 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 you will whiff somebody and be like you're full of shit yeah absolutely you're selfish and you're going to fucking drag people into your own hot mess I don't want anything to do with you. You're stirring the shit pot by yourself. Set your fucking life on fire if you want to, bitch. I don't give a fuck. I'll pass you the matches if you want. Here you go. The matches. Right. Like, I, no, absolutely not. And the reason why I bring up social media is because that is a big difference that I have with my childhood self, right? Like, we had to deal with conflict face to fucking face. Like, we had to sit with people and fucking rory phone and fucking dial the number and hang up when we got you had to number. you had to remember the number <laughs> but again and just be like and then you're mad at somebody but you had to speak to their mom or dad and be like yes hi sir yeah it's been good yeah is, is, is she there can i can i speak to her and oh then you were fancy enough which or if your parents were not as strict as mine were you had your own personal line right i never had that i, I didn't have to- that <laughs> I didn't have that. Are you fucking kidding? Do you know my parents? <laughs> my parents would be like, if you're having an important conversation, you have it in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> no, we also had the, t- well, I had a phone in my, in my room in Mexico and stuff like that. And I, I'm the queen of talking on the phone. I can talk for hours. I think the yeah. longest I've talked on the phone is nine hours. Oh it's no, no. You have me beat. Fuck like that. nine hours. Oh, I remember this actually God. happened in Geneva with a Zen friend of mine and we spent nine hours on the phone. 
but and another time is and I'm going to say her name is with Marina and I do believe it was like five hours or so on the phone with her that's because Marina talks forever Marina so Marina context guys Marina is one of our dearest friends yeah I will never forget meeting her in seventh grade hilarious she's still hilarious she doesn't fucking age by the way I don't know what blood she drinks but she is like the 12 year old I mean she looks like a woman obviously but yeah. you know, but she can fucking can talk. talk dude I thought I could talk but what I'm thinking is that shit what the hell did we have to talk about at 15 16 it's when she left it's when she left our school and she went to the other school nearby like close yep, by and yep. stuff like that that's when i obviously didn't see marina every single day so and the worst is that this chick was always out and so calling her house and oh asking can i speak to marina she's not here when is she home <laughs> like also oh my God. when was she home but so when i would get her on the phone we're going to talk dude <laughs> But also you're asking like, what conversations were we having? Uh, we were having the most philosophical conversations of like, but like, hold up a minute. Cause I still remember this. Cause it came up because of a Calvin and Hobbes comic that I had seen. And it was Calvin like yelling into the void. And I was like, do you <laughs> feel like the void is actually inside of you and not outside of you? Holy fucking shit. That opened a conversation. Goldie was there. Like, oh my God, Goldie, we start yeah. talking about, like, we start talking about the Kabbalah and Judaism and like fucking philosophy and Marxism and shit. <laughs> I haven't, oh my God, I haven't spoken to Goldie <laughs> in like, ooh, age. Well, then again, I did leave like Mexico in 11th grade, but like, in all honesty, oh, yeah. like those fucking conversations. And it's like, oh my God. And then like, it was, I believe it was Goldie who told me or who taught me because we went to like a club in the, middle of the day you guys by the way this was like we went to a club in the 90s Mexico in the 90s we went to a club in the afternoon and I swear and you're you could still smoke inside obviously she's the one who taught me how to blow smoke through my nose okay I not that I am actually I don't give a fuck (laughs) went to Sanborns oh my god Sanborns we went to Sam Warren's to smoke for the first time in our lives. Wow. And we were smoking and we Marlboro Red and we were oh. smoking. I, I remember sitting at the end of the day. Oh, God. Now there's outside. like smoking outside. <laughs> <laughs> yes, people. We smoked while we were waiting for whoever to pick going, us up. We were there. And like, I am going to say the controversial shit. I fucking love the smell of cigarettes. Give me a lucky strike unrolled, like all oh my soft pack. Oh I'm my, a- those soft packs. Let me tell I you. I am a grandpa and I fucking loved smoking. And we were smoking at 15, 16 outside and the parents were coming and picking us up and they were like, hey, and we were just like, hey. So many times my mom took away my packs of cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no we were saying well olga was saying that nobody tells you that in your 40s you get incredibly horny but listen every fucking friend of mine women because men are definitely not there men <laughs> i think i think men are on the opposite end but it's just like i genuinely have never felt this level of carnal hunger it's like <laughs> i love it carnal hunger oh my just want 
to fuck. And not necessarily another human being. Like I can, you listen, I've myself, <laughs> like I've got myself, I'm good. I mean, technically speaking, existentialist, I am a human being, but yeah. I mean, another like body, like I can, I can definitely, I can definitely give myself pleasure, but there will be times where I've seen, you know, another individual happen in Seattle. Never in my life have I ever looked at a police officer. Oh, let me tell you, I had. I don't know why I, I just pulled a grimace because I just grimaced and I'm like, I know, I, listen, a, I, why was that all about? Like, I, I, I have. I've I know. I know. I've, I'm almost ashamed. <laughs> but it's like. It's when I didn't know any better that I was with that police officer. Not that I was with him. I mean, we just had an encounter, but memorable. It, <laughs> but It's just like, listen, I've had a few encounters with police officers like 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 that. Right. Yeah. They're freaks. Like they're. <laughs> yeah, this guy was. They're, they're freaks. I don't even know um, what the hell. <laughs> I feel really bad for all of, like law enforcement out there listening to this, being like, they know us. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, honestly, like, I I am rattled by what I saw in Seattle. I'm like, this is like, why are they not models? Like, they could definitely walk for like. Dolce and Gabbana and shit like I was like what the fuck what is going on I wish and that was the case with the police here but I mean only one know. that I know of well, but anyway I'm in Massachusetts so I, I mean again no offense there are some that are good looking but they're not Seattle good looking do you know what I mean like Seattle was fucking like listen if you're a police officer that works in Pike Market like Pike Street and like the public market area I saw you <laughs> We locked eyes for five seconds and I know you thought what I thought and it was a moment and I appreciate it, but please thank your parents for me because Jesus Christ, the genetic disposition was beautiful there. Uh, but yeah, honestly, you're 40 and it's like, um, I'm always horny. I'm always horny. Yeah, not always, I would say, but like more than I was, let's say in my 30s, although I was getting more in my 30s. And now it's just very like I'm very very picky about who, who oh. and what. You know? uh, yeah, but, let's not let's not conflate both. Like I'm horny, but I'm not sleeping with anybody. Yeah, no. Where this is going? I'm just I'm like, I don't know. It's a different level. Like that last last time when I sent you that that comment that I made like a few months yeah, ago, yeah, where yeah, I just yeah. like. <laughs> and then I was like, Teresa, how dare you? <laughs> but um, yeah, I can't say it's always, but it's there. I would say a good 90% of the time. Yeah. 90% of the time. Yeah. I think I'm entering my full bisexual era where I will start really genuinely, hopefully dating women again, because I need to date someone who's at my level now. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna find a 40 year old man or a 35 year old man who's gonna be like, Oh, yeah, I'm just equally as you know, into it. Like, it's just it's not gonna happen. This is 30. I mean, I don't look, I mean, listen, I will appreciate a good looking man. Like, I'll, I'll stop and say that's a good looking man. Yeah. But I'm not in that headspace. Like, I'm not because I know who I am and I know that men just don't do it for me. They never have, they never have, you know, they never have like, yes, I was doing things obviously with them and stuff like that. Can I say that I had a good time? Yeah. For most of them, maybe like five of them out of the over 20, but like in the sense of 
they just don't do it for me anymore. But I will say that if a man passes me and he's smelling good, I am going to turn and be like, hold on, sir, sir, let me smell you. Like nothing, like people just, because we've talked about this, like a man that smells so good. You're just like, hold on. Like, it doesn't even matter what they look like. You're attractive for me. If you're smelling good. I don't think people realize how attractive a good scent is. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. first of all, good hygiene. That's, oh, absolutely. That's, absolutely. And I am in the world of people not washing their butt cracks. or <laughs> Like, people, I don't. I, that's another thing that I've realized. The value of the ritual of beauty, right? Like, yes. And that is, again, like, yes, I, I'm pretty randy. Like, I'm, I'm I'm feeling really sexy and really sexual in my, like, entering the 40s and whatever. Like, it's true. Like, that myth, nobody tells you that it's true. But yes. when you're experiencing it, you're like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a myth. It's a fact. It is. Uh, but, but no, when you're, you in my eyes are attractive regardless of what you look like. I, I, I Number one, I don't even judge people like that. Because everybody has their preferences, preferences. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to shit on a person, you know, for whatever they look like. But in the sense of if you smell good, you're on the top of my list. It's my, just, my, my. It's just that extra self-care step in my it mind. Is, right? It's like a very I, important step. That's for sure. I fucking love it. And that's a, the, so that's what I was saying. It's like that appreciation and I and I'll and I'll thank all the women in my life, right? Like that ritual of sitting down and putting your lotion on and like your screen, you know, your sunscreen and like powdering your nose and picking the jewelry for the day. Like that, that ritual aspect of beauty is I fucking love it. And I yeah. we were talking about it the other day where yeah. I was catching up and I was just like, don't interrupt me during that time. Oh, yeah, that absolutely. Like I'm listening to music. I'm picking the perfume for the day. I am feeling myself like I, and when I see, I mean, obviously I love it when another woman does it, but when I see a man take care of himself, absolutely. You know, like he picks his own lotions. He picks his own, like, you know, body wash. He likes to smell clean and that, that fresh, like after shower smell of a human being but it's so sexy again, either. But when a man goes that extra step to make yes. their skin soft, to put that lotion and smell. Another good. thing I will judge you by Whoa. is your hands. Yes. Let me see those nails. Mm-hmm. Let me see how you take care of those hands because that is super important as well. Apart from yes, the, the apart from the smell, it's like, let me see what is happening with your hands because you can tell a person and how they take care of themselves themselves by the state of their hands. Do you know what I mean? I completely agree. To me, it's the hand. It's, and that's not shitting on anybody who does manual labor. I'm not talking about that. Oh, no, no, that no. You, who like take care of your hands, like your fingernails are trimmed. They are not filthy underneath. Do you know what I mean? That, that. Yeah. Thing. And again, and I, I, I hate that we have to clarify these things because to me, it's just implicit. Yes. But 
We're not talking about people who struggle with mental health. We're not yeah, talking exactly. about a depressive episode. No, no, we're not talking about that. Both of us know yeah. what that's like. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we're not, ta- we're talking about people who are, who just don't have the hygiene because they, they just don't care. They know yes. better. They don't do better. Exactly. Um, and manual labor. Now that you mention it, I've met so many people who are in the, in the trades and they are so well kept, like the way yes. that they have to go to your house. Right. And it's like, I appreciate somebody who takes that extra step of being like, here I am. Oh, I love it. But anyway, yes, I agree with that. And I also, the hands, the feet, the feet. Absolutely. I'm like, do you go for pedicures, sir? Because you should. And if you mm-hmm. don't like pedicures, that's fine. Do you take care of themselves? Exactly. You know, them at home exactly and and this is like this is where people like kind of like agree or disagree i fucking love either you're bald and you take care of that and you yes like you yes. Love shit out of that bald hair yes head, or you've got phenomenal hair uh, i'm into the bitch buns as oh. I call them a bitch bun oh my God. listen i i i appreciate oh. like i remember how to think for bald uh bald-headed men that take care of themselves Ooh. um but Ooh. also a man who has a mane let me tell oh, you yeah. something uh i will go for the the bitch bun as well uh you know which is the man bun by the way i'm referencing the man bun but like no i mean do you I remember think- in the 90s the boys that had like the bowl cut oh god like come- the mushroom the mushroom yeah, like yeah. yes and, and it was the a- shit and they had the little soap <laughs> Predominantly, all the, all the, you know, the the American white girls were like, oh my god, they're so cute. And oh we my like, god, yes, yeah, I remember you? that. It was this thing when I used to live. <laughs> um, we used to go to Catholic school. Um, when I used to live in Rye, in Westchester County. Yeah. Rye, New York. Oh God. Anyway, and we used to go to Catholic school, and it was like the thing for the boys to have because we were in uniform and stuff like that. But the boys all had the same basic same haircut, which was that was like the mushroom weird cut. I don't know what the hell was happening, <laughs> but like a brand new world opened up when I moved to Mexico. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I, I was I just will- like. It was so generic. Everybody was dressed this because this is Westchester County. Like there was a, and I know it's the '90s and stuff like that. But in the sense of it was like Westchester County, there was a certain whatever. But when I came to Mexico City, I was just like, oh my, people have style. Do you know what I mean? Because there was so generic back in Westchester County in Rye, New York. Fair enough, it's a forty-five minute ride to like the city and stuff like that. But in the sense of as a kid, it's not like I was going to the city, you know, all the time. I went maybe like three, four times. So it's not like no. I really cared. But oh. where I was living, it was just like, it was at the time also that, or Clueless came out. Yes. Oh, Paul Rudd. Oh, Jesus. And mm. like, that was that whole thing and stuff like that. Like, mm. but mm. in all honesty, like when I moved to Mexico City, I was like, oh my, like everybody had their styles and it was complete. Like it was a whole new world for me. Right. I loved and I st- and I wish we had that variety at our age still. And I think that that's why I kind of like I, I mean, I wasn't kidding when I said I had types. Right. Like give me a guy that just carries himself really well right or a girl that knows how to like a woman that knows how to rock her own style. Sure. But 
it's the variety. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like you're expected to look a certain way in your forties or you're expected to look a certain way after your, your past 30. And I'm like, I'm not there. I I'm not there. Like I I'm in the comfort stage. I will be comfortable because for too long I was wearing clothes that were just not comfortable and dressing a certain way that was not comfortable to me. And if I was dressing comfortably, which still happens today, I get criticized, but now I really don't give two fucks. Like, I'm just like, well, that's what you're getting. You know what I mean? It's, it's such a true statement. And I think again, part with like the changes of your body, right? Mm. Like I wish I had appreciated the softness of my body earlier in my life. Yes. I thought that so much. Yeah. Even with my smallest, my body still tried to retain the softness, right? Like mm-hmm. the soft curve of my breasts or the soft curve of my butt or, you know, my hips. And I, and I hated it so much because that's not what we were seeing. We were seeing women who were extremely thin and granted, Especially in the early uh, 2000s, like there was like that whole trend. Well, we had the heroin chic in 1996. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to be like frail. Yeah, it was Kate Moss. It was the whole Kate Moss thing. And then then we had the Paris Hiltons who now come out and say, I was starving myself. And I wasn't, you know, like now they're just like, this is what was happening. And this is this and this and this. And it's like, it was a whole generation. I just, I just wish that I could go back and speak to that version of me and be like, you have no idea how beautiful you are. Like you you have no idea how fun you are. You have no idea how creative you are like you have but people were always trying to stifle stifle that yes oh like, my god yes. like they were always trying to stifle that and say you're weird you're you're different like weird was a bad thing and I'm like yeah why I mean I know that now what's happening around the world people are, are taking that stance of if you're if you're different then that needs to be stopped immediately because apparently we're going into this fascist stage around yeah. the world where yeah. I'm just like, well, what, what, what happened? What happened? Like there was this, yeah, it's like, we, we go from one extreme to the next and it's like, what, what just happened? How did this, how are we flipping this, this switch right now? Like with everything that's going on on the, around the world. I don't know, but I think that that kind of comes into the play of where I am right now. Right. Which is one of the things that I really wanted to talk about was how precious our currency actually is as women, right? Mm-hmm. And we were talking about this earlier today when I was yeah. messaging you. And it's like, I wish, yes, I am so grateful of the body that I inhabit. I am grateful that I was given, and I get really emotional because I realize that my body has helped me survive horrible trauma, like mm-hmm. loss of people that I profoundly loved really difficult situations, right? Because even though I don't talk about the details of the divorce, a divorce Mm -hmm. is still a divorce, right? Absolutely. It's still tough to separate from somebody that you've been with for for a while. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, You realize regrets, you realize all these things, but then you realize that your currency, because right, we grew up in a society and we grew up in, and we grew up in homes, maybe, I don't know, I don't want to speak for you, but the experience that I was, it's like my beauty and the way that I carry myself was a currency 
that I had. And I wasn't learning that from my parents. I was learning that from the people around me. Yeah. Yeah. And I am grateful that again, my parents, look, they fucked up in multiple ways, but they did not fuck up with be who you are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Be intelligent, read as many books as you can. Like the, the rigorous upbringing of being educated of being curious like that was my dad like mm-hmm. my dad like, always have this thirst for hunger hey always have this thirst for um you know like knowledge hunger and all of that yes. thing. all of that just do it there's a museum that's opening up let's go or let's go travel and see this and it was never this like touristy let's do the touristy things it's yeah. like let's learn the context let's learn the history let's learn, mm-hmm. you know let's try this food etc i'm grateful for that but now the currency, right, is my fucking time. And yes. I don't want to fucking give it away to exactly. Justice. I will Absolutely. be, I will give you a chance. I will give you that chance. Again, with all relationships, mm-hmm. friendships, love relationships, whatever. But don't ever think that my time is your right. Mm-hmm. Earn my fucking time. Yeah my currency we can heal i'm sick and tired of people dumping their emotional shit on me because i know that i can heal i know that i can heal the unhealable i have things that i have inherited we've talked about generational trauma we have talked about women in our lives we have talked about the men in our lives and we are a combination of all of that yeah and and baby we are magic and i firmly believe that Mm -hmm. don't fucking think that you own that I owe it to you yeah you earn earn that shit you earn my softness you earn my love you earn my time you earn my loyalty and if you cannot fucking put that effort in the fuck out exactly I don't yeah no we have no time to waste anymore I feel like that was more in our 20s yeah like let's say like to waste time and stuff like that but now now no way now it's just like mm -mm, nope it's just so, str- I mean, I don't know. I keep on going back to like when I was about to turn 30, it wasn't the same thing. Like I was still living in this. I don't know what I was living in. I have no clue. I wasn't accepting of myself. That's for sure. I wasn't accept- accepting of my shortcomings. I wasn't accepting of my failures. I wasn't accepting of a lot of things. I didn't realize that I wasn't accepting of myself, mm-hmm. of who I was, who I was, of my body, because, uh, I was suffering at the time, like now it's been like over 20 years suffering with disordered eating and eating disorders. But at that time, being deep into it, it's like I was lying to myself on so many levels of me saying I don't care. But in reality, obviously, that exterior of presenting a certain way, I did care. And so I didn't realize. But now in my 40s, well, now going into my 40s, and I'm just like, holy crap. And anything and everything I do now. Like, let's say, for example, things like exercise, right? Before I was exercised to try to mold my body into something that society deemed would be acceptable, right? Attractive, yeah, and acceptable. And so I would starve myself. I would work out and just basically, I I abuse my body a little bit too much, right? Now, like, I, I go into exercise of not caring for me. It's more of now that we are aging, we have to take care of our muscle health, our bone health, you know? And for me, you know, I approach exercise not as a form of punishing myself for what I've eaten, but it's It's more, 
yeah. it's something that I enjoy doing. And for me, it's like, I want to be strong, but also it's like completely changed. It's not a way, it's not a form of me punishing myself anymore. It's like, I eat what I want to eat, but I exercise to become stronger and also to take care of my muscle mass and my bone health. Right. Yeah. And I think it's like, to me, it's, and I, and I love that to me, it has always been, I've, I've lost people to suicide and, um, you know, and I miss them every fucking day. And it's really difficult when you're also struggling. Mm-hmm, it's genetic, right? Yeah. When yeah. <clears throat> family. Mm-hmm. Um, some of us have been lucky and some of us haven't. And yeah. the thing that gets to me is to me, like you said, the fog, mm-hmm. not realizing that your mind and your body are connected, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Because to me, exercise is not about exercising. It's yeah. the fact that fuck, it actually helps me process things that yes. otherwise really hold somewhere else in my body, right? Yeah. Like that tension in your shoulders yes. or that stomach or all these things. And I think that one of the hardest things obviously the relationship with food I think all of us in our generation at some point were fucked with that it was absolutely well because of what we were being shown and the discussions and words like the people don't realize that words have an impact right I think we talked about this but like the way things were worded like where even people didn't have ill like intent it still hurt Ooh. and it still stayed like it stung and it it stayed within us somewhere right oh my god yeah and the thing is is like you know I look at my habits and my life and everything Mm -hmm. just like it's just an an actual ecosystem of trying to ensure that I survive yes that's that's something that we've talked about it's like how we operate in survival mode oh yeah I think that there's only so much trauma that we can take right and Mm -hmm. that's something that I wish somebody would have told me back in the day. I wish I could go back and talk to Olga at 25 and be like, you're going to suffer some really horrible losses and you need to be ready for it. Yeah. Nothing prepares you, right? Like nothing gets you ready. Those phone calls, nothing prepares you to see people just literally wither and die. Yes how hard it is to witness someone but it's something that's un- like something I feel like it was something unspoken yeah you know what I mean because like the way that people would deal with it around us it was in silence deal with it in silence it's not really dealing with it it's just pushing it aside and just deal with it deal with it but like nobody can prepare us for everything that we've seen and had to deal with, but it's like, it would have been nice just a heads up. Even if we weren't taking it serious at the time, it would have been nice a heads up and that it was spoken more about instead of concealed as something shameful. And that's the thing. It's just like, that is where I'm at right now. Yeah. Right. In my journey of like, Oh, I'm going to turn 40. The regrets and the regrets are not what I expected. <laughs> the regrets are not me not being a CEO of a company. Like mm-hmm. the regrets are not me like not going into med school. Um, that's that's not the regrets that I have. The regrets yeah. that I have are not telling people how much I love them. Yeah, when I could have. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and I know that we shit on that so much because people are like, oh, we don't want to talk about 
don't don't get weird with me like I you don't have to say that you love me and it's like or if you say I love you in English right they associate that with romantic love and it's like yes still love you and not feel a sexual desire for you exactly why do we need to sexualize every fucking thing that we do like friendship doesn't have to be sexual I wish the tools that we have we and I think I said this before but like the tools that we have at our disposition today, I wish we had them 20 years ago or 30 years ago. Do you know what I mean? I wish that we had, there was a different kind of knowledge that was at our fingertips back in the day. I feel like we've been through so much shit in our life that now it's just the wisdom. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whereas before it's just like, you're this wild one, you're quote unquote carefree, let's say. It's like the knowledge that we've acquired, the knowledge and wisdom that we've acquired acquired through all the shit that we've been with, the people that we have lost, the words that they have spoken to us that now we are able to decipher because of the life lessons that we've we've had to live through and stuff like that. You take things more to heart now and you understand them at a different level. And I think that that's why you invest only in a few. Do you know what I oh, mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because I'm not, I don't, I don't have the emotional bandwidth to, I... to deal with people's shit. It's like, Come at me right or don't come at me at all. Oh, yeah. Like I told you, like, come at me straight. (laughs) Don't come at me at all. Like, I just don't have the time. No, I can't. No, I can't. And one of the things also, what I wanted to say is that now whatever I do, I do it for that little girl that when I look at her pictures, I'm like, you you deserved more. And you deserved people that were steady and honest with you in your life. So whatever I do now, I do it for that little girl that didn't know what the fuck was coming yeah that five-year-old the four or five-year-old who just didn't understand things didn't understand the struggles of people within her own family and in society as a whole as well because of course you can't put that on a child either but I do everything with the intention of her in my mind where if that five-year-old me saw me today she would be safe do you know what I mean like that she wouldn't feel in danger that she would be comfortable. Right? I feel, yeah. And I feel like that's the conversation that I have internally. Like that's being self-aware in the sense of what do I want? If I'm having a day, like if I notice that I'm getting moody or I'm getting like that, that taciturn nature of me starts coming out. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, what's going on? Like what, 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 what has shifted? And it's just tapping in and checking in who, who do I need to take care of right now? Like mm-hmm. five-year-old Olga. Mm-hmm. Is it year old Olga like mm-hmm. what who do I I need to um assist right yeah because eventually the tough lesson that we learn is that we are our only advocates right absolutely yeah and that's that and well that's the most important thing it's like we're talking about friendships and stuff like that but people will only be there to their capacity and we can't hold that against them right it doesn't mean that you're not a friend. I'm not ex- like, I don't want to expect from my friends, like you have to drop everything and listen. No, I'll, absolutely not. You know, but it's at the end of the day. I do. I Like there's a thing of like life and time different and then all this, yeah, kind of yeah. stuff, you know, that you take into consideration, <laughs> but in the sense of God, that we've had to hold ourselves, ourselves up because sometimes there are certain things that you can't go to 
others for, whether it be your family. Well, I could never go to my family for anything because <laughs> let's face it, you know, but in the yeah. sense of even your friends, like there's certain things that you just can't talk about and you have to hold yourself because you're the only person that knows at that moment. Right. And it's like, it's not that it's the shame or anything. It's just that there are just things that people don't understand. Exactly. You will never be able to yeah. understand. And, and even think, if they live a similar experience, it's still their experience. You see yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And I also think that we are who we are at the end yeah. of the day. I hope you enjoyed part two of Dirty 40 featuring the daughter of Lilith. I know these episodes are quite different from our previous collabs, but we do hope you're enjoying this real raw conversation between two friends discussing their thoughts, feelings, sharing memories, and what it means to us to turn 40 this year. Tune in next week for the final part of Dirty 40. And don't forget to follow the daughter of Lilith on Instagram and Twitter. You'll find her handles in the show notes. And don't forget to give us a follow. Um, you'll also find the link in the show notes. I hope you have a beautiful and blessed weekend, my loves. And you'll hear from us again next week. Bye. You know, know that my vagina is not going to catch anything because I like her and I and I and I love her. That's where I went wrong with my ex-husband. I also said the same thing. That's a good-looking penis. Done. Also, do I qualify as a sugar baby if I'm 37 years old, independent, and getting my graduate degree? Oh yeah, I, I get off on statistics. When I want to turn on Carissa, I just whisper with sweet nothings into her ear with numbers and it doesn't pick. <laughs>